I am walking into the bike shop and there's music playing and there are bikes everywhere. I'm so excited. Welcome to the Rider Up Podcast, where we talk about how much we love bicycles. Dan's a crazy downhiller, and John will be walking with a cane in a few years. But nobody loves cycling more than these two. Coming to you from Virginia's Blue Ridge, let's meet the hosts, Dan Lucas and John Carlin. Hey, I'm Dan. And I'm John. And Dan, tell everybody your cool cycling resume. All right. Uh, I've been in the cycling industry um, in earnest since probably 2010. I am a mechanic here at Cardinal Bicycle. Um, I love my job, fixing bikes and uh, getting people out riding. I'm a guide uh, to the local trails here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. I'm a skills instructor and I love teaching kids and adults how to ride. Uh, I coach a junior downhill team. It's the first junior downhill team in Roanoke. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm a dad. Um, I refuse to ride road bikes. And uh, I'm a tool junkie. I guess that's me in a nutshell. A tool junkie. We'll we'll look forward to that. And then I I think at some point, maybe uh, you can give me some skills because I I, I still need them. I'm looking forward to it. But enough about me. I need need to know about you, John. What what is John in a nutshell? Yeah, so uh, number one, I'm a lot older than you. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, you're, you're, you're a young guy. Uh, and and I have uh, been on this planet for six decades now, uh, but I ride mountain bikes, but I also ride gravel bikes and road bikes. Uh, any any type of bicycle makes me happy. In fact, when the weather's bad, I've I have slowly and reluctantly given in to riding indoors, and I ride my wife's Peloton. So. Don't judge. <laughs> judgment-free zone? Uh, well, yeah, judgment-free zone, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's so cool. I can I can set that thing on, on one of their settings, and I can be riding in Iceland. I'm looking up, and it's like I'm riding in Iceland. See, that, I'm a little that's old. Not I bad. have a spin bike. Uh-huh. And it was from a gym, and I put on the TV, and I used the spin bike. So absolutely no judgment there. Yeah. I, I had a trainer forever. Uh, I've never ridden rollers. I, don't, I still don't know if They're I can. They're dangerous. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Those. But um, and I and I had the, that set up next to the wife's Peloton, and I just said, "Why am I doing this? That thing is so much more comfortable. Absolutely. It just works. I can take the classes." So anyway, uh, but one anyway. So more a little a little bit more about who you know who's talking to you if you're listening. Um, I'm on Strava, and I typically finish in the middle of most segments I ride. So I'm, I classify myself as a solid intermediate rider uh you know when i look at segments i you know I, i'm not i'm not going to be the king of the mountain anywhere unlike you <laughs> and, <laughs> i think and, all my koms are probably uh, gone at this point well I, but but i know that that you you know you're have we're going to drag you back into right. strava okay we're we'll going to do it <laughs> uh, but i do you know i have ridden all around the country i've been very fortunate to do that uh, so and i blog about it wherever i go uh, my wife and I are taking a trip out to Napa, California, right. late in 2022, and we're going to do the wine country. I started a fledgling YouTube channel Excellent. called Biking for Boomers, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, uh, 
we got to get to the source, and if uh, if you're a boomer, I guess that makes uh, you the perfect candidate. Look, uh, well, that's me, right? So, uh, and but that this is more of a dream than it is, a, and I've got I've posted a couple of videos, but I really want my goal would be to get in my mini Winnie and drive around the country and ride my mountain bike or you know whatever it is. Living the living the YouTube Live, life, you know, and just and just kind of show people where I'm going and what I'm doing, and an aspiring but, influencer <clears throat> is what you are. Aspiring influencer as <laughs> as the father of uh, of uh, two influencers, two influencers yeah. for sure, and a, and a third uh, who is making his way pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, yeah, my sons are the Super Carlin brothers. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, if you haven't checked it out, I'm sure we can link that somewhere. Right. Those guys are right. hilarious. They are hilarious. Uh, they're on YouTube, and they're also mountain bikers. Yep. So uh, that's that's cool. And but anyway, yeah. I just so I'd, I'd like to just take my drone and go do cool rides because my theory is is every ride is a story. Something happens on every ride, or there's something about every trail or every back road that is worthy of sharing. Absolutely. And I'm, I am a professional journalist. I'm the news anchor for Channel 10 here in uh, Roanoke, the NBC affiliate, and I've been here since 1987 with a very brief break to practice public relations for a couple of years. So uh, I kind of understand pointing the, the story at the, after the story's done. And so I've got, I've got three sons, I'm married, and I've got six grandkids and a seventh on the way. And that is my deal. A dynasty. Uh-huh. The Carlin dynasty. That's awesome. You've learned a little bit about us, and we want to also tell you about where we live and why we are so ingrained in the bike culture and, and why we love it so much. Um, we're lucky enough to live in an area that is referred to as Virginia's Blue Ridge, and um, it is a small town, it's, well, small city maybe, out right. in Roanoke, yeah. uh, 100,000 right. around, and we are um, nestled between some mountains, and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So there's some fantastic places. Um, some of mine, my favorite places to ride in the entire country, you said it yourself, and, and I've been lucky enough to, to ride around the country in California and Colorado and Arizona and Moab and all these places. And there's nothing like coming back to the East Coast and riding. Uh, something about the old mountains that we have, like they're ancient and they got a magic about them. And I love, I love the backcountry trails we have. We have some great city parks that are maintained and they have some fantastic trails. But the ones that really speak to me are out in the backcountry, you know, you have to bring all your stuff with you. You get out, it's a little bit more burly. It's uh -huh. a rocky. Uh, the descents are a little bit more challenging. Um, and I love those technical little steep bits and I love rocks. Um, even though that keeps me fixing my own bike, um, it, it is, uh, it's just, it's fun. It's nice to get out there with some friends and experience something they haven't been on before. Um, so, so that's kind of like my, my favorite, if I had to, to put a, a pin on what I love about Virginia's Blue Ridge and the area that we live in, that would be it. And I can, I, I'm going to be sharing some of these trails specifically. Um, so if anybody's interested, uh, you'll, you'll be tired of hearing me talk about them because I, I do genuinely love them and there's, there's nothing like them. You know, and I think the important thing is is that if people are listening to this and they say, "Oh wow, I want to do that," yep. um, the the key is not getting lost. 
Right, right. <laughs> right, because you right. get out on these trails out in the mountains, and you know we want to make sure that people can, whether it's ride with GPS or Strava yep. or or whatever, because you get out you get out there and you don't know whether to turn right or left. There's not necessarily a sign in some yeah. places. Sometimes that, there's signs, and sometimes there's rocks stacked up, and sometimes right. you don't even see the trail. Something. Yeah. I mean, it's just difficult. Yeah. Um, but we want to give you all that information to make sure that you can get out and experience these these things that we're able to experience daily or weekly and uh, and do it safely. Yeah, so let me go to like 20,000 feet. So Virginia's Blue Ridge is, we are in the western part of the state of Virginia. So a lot of people know Virginia because all the tourism hotspots like Williamsburg or, you know, Richmond, uh, Charlottesville, where Monticello is. And uh, we're west of all that. And Roanoke, I think of Roanoke as the capital of the western half of the state of Virginia. Absolutely. We're definitely the biggest city. And then so there's the city of Roanoke, and that's surrounded by Roanoke County, and then Botetourt County to the north, which has amazing cycling, and then Franklin County to the south, which has amazing cycling. And I lived in Franklin County for years, and I've ridden a lot of the back roads back there. The drivers are very courteous. You know, you see a pickup truck coming in some parts of the country, you're like, oh no. And out there, they slow down and wave. That's great. You I mean, it's, it's just awesome. Anyway, so that's that's kind of where we are. Mm-hmm. The city of Salem, which sort of butts right up to uh, to Roanoke, and is a smaller city, uh, but uh, just a uh, just a quaint little area of the world with a, a fantastically how would you call this burgeoning is the word I wanted to use, but that sounded too bougie. But the outdoor vibe here is just it, it's just getting started. Yeah, we're I mean we're literally on the the we're at the crest of the wave, and the waves getting. Ready ready to crash over Roanoke and that's what's exciting so we and I feel like Roanoke has been working towards this for probably 10 plus years like right there's a lot that has gone into the behind the scenes that listeners or people that even that live here may or may not know and it's exciting to see you know being involved in it it's exciting to see it get to this point and where our wave is definitely getting ready to crest and there's a lot that's going to open up I think both you know for mountain biking for road biking for gravel biking there's a lot of events happening um, behind the scenes that are going to be announced there we have uh, pro teams that are deciding to use Roanoke as their training grounds which is a, should be a big telling fact to a lot of people right and um, in its time I think Roanoke is coming into itself um, in a lot of ways so it's that's exciting I can remember years ago, Bicycling Magazine did a story on, because the Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through Roanoke. And Bicycling Magazine, and this was was over 20 years ago, because I was still living in Franklin County then. There was a story on what a great place it was, and they showed cities along the route. They did not show Roanoke. (laughs) They were not even a stop. Like, like Roanoke wasn't even a stop. And then, and, and that was like an alarm going off for right. me. Right. I mean, my house is a third of a mile from the Blue Ridge Parkway. And then now, you know, Roanoke is mentioned in unison with Asheville Absolutely. all the time. And Asheville's reputation is well established. Right. And Roanoke's is just coming on. Yep. And so we talk about Roanoke. We talk about Virginia's Blue Ridge, which is the area surrounding Roanoke. But it always amazes me if, if you you travel someplace else they say where are you from and I say Roanoke and they don't know where it is and that we got to change that right you and I are going to put Roanoke on the map that's at least the bicycling map yep absolutely and in that will I hope that by doing this uh, will only add to this excitement for the cycling 
community, um, and we have a great tight-knit community already, and we just want to make that tight-knit community a little bit bigger and and better if we can. Um, I think that's the goal. So that is Virginia's Blue Ridge. Now, so you you downhill a lot, right? I mean, that's your thing. Yeah, I lo- so I will suffer to the top so I can turn around and go down. And how fast do you? I mean, are you the guy that I, we see hucking off jumps and all of that? That's you. Yeah, it depends on the trail. Now, I am uh, not as young as I used to be, and I I'm a great crasher. I can ragdoll and get up usually, but it takes a little bit longer. So I have, I've dialed it back, you know, um, but I love a good jump. <laughs> I, I you love do. A good, yeah, I love a good jump and I love a, a good rock garden and and uh, the challenge of making it through and, and doing it as fast as I can. What tricks can you do off jumps? Oh man, uh, not many. I, I do one that I, I like to call the hesitant shoulder. And it's where you try to look cool by turning your bars, but you don't. You don't honestly do a whole lot. So that's the hesitant shoulder. I coined that uh, that bike trick. Um, I'm not a big trick guy. Uh, I have some kids on my team that'll do like suicide no handers, and they'll do like you know, do like kick their feet off the the pedals and stuff. But uh-huh. like I said I'm I'm getting I'm getting too old to try that stuff anymore. I used to do the odd. There's a one called the toboggan. I used to do a toboggan every now and then, and it's where you hang on to the bars with one hand and then you grab your saddle uh-huh. and kind of stick the bike out in front of you. But I, I've had a, I've, had, I've done a, I've balled it up a couple times doing that, so I'm not as keen on that anymore. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, where do you like to downhill? What's your favorite downhill trail in oh, Virginia's man. Blue Ridge? Uh, that's a great question. I, I'm gonna break it into two categories. Okay. We have uh, our established trails and then we have the backcountry. So as far as established trails go, uh, I gotta go with Royalty Trail and you can find Royalty at Carvin's Cove. Bike Park. Bike Park, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, it, 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 it's fantastic. So that was a trail that was kind of a, we, we'll call it a social trail. Um, it wasn't necessarily on the map and it has been redone uh, and, and done well so that it drains correctly, so the trail is sustainable, and it just happens to be super fun. It's great. Um, so it's fast. Uh, there's a couple chunky rock sections. You have some gap jumps on it, and you gotta be on it to, to extract the best time out of that trail. And uh, I also love Buck, if you're looking at Carvin's Cove, if you're looking at a map. Buck's a very old trail, probably one of the original trails there, and it's real weird. There's some strange turns and dips, and roots are in the wrong place on every corner and stuff, but it's technically so much fun. It's a great climbing trail, great descending trail, so check those out. And then the other, if I'm breaking it into a backcountry trail, you know, North Mountain is hard to beat. Uh, North Mountain is great ridgeline. It is a former site of the AT, I think, used to go mm-hmm. on North Mountain. Mm-hmm. And now it is a hiking, biking um, section of trail, National Forest Service. And there is a trail that come, goes up from 311, Route 311. It's That's the, just the end of the North Mountain Trail, and it is a blast to rip down that trail. And uh, when you're down at the bottom, you'll be shaking your hands out because it's, uh, it's rocky and it just doesn't let up. So. Okay. Yeah, great. Beautiful. They're great. Uh, so w- we can put in the show notes so people can get to these trails. Absolutely. Because yeah. I, I, I rode North Mountain again probably 20 years ago. <laughs> Uh, when mountain bikes first became a thing, I started yeah. riding mountain bikes in the it's early, early 90s, anymore. right? Yeah. 
And I, isn't that where the Dragon's Back race the Dragon's was? Back, yeah. yeah. So, so I raced the Dragon's Back a few times in the, um, I don't know, either sport or novice categories. I didn't do any damage to anybody. Oh, it hurts. And I didn't kill myself. Yeah. But that was on an old, you know, hardtail 26-inch mountain bike. That, that's, that was the, that were, those were the days, that I was think. That was the thing, right? Yeah. Okay, but we'll tell people how to get there and Absolutely. not and not get lost. Yeah. So. And, and, I, and I love those mountain bikes. Now I want to give, uh, we'll, we'll give those trails up, but I want to know what your favorite thing to ride is. Is it gravel? Is it road? I mean, those are pretty boring. But I'll let them slide today. Ooh, <laughs> you're casting some shade over here. So you know the thing is, um, is that I, you know, given my druthers, I would probably ride my mountain bike more than my road or gravel bike. But time being of the essence, mm-hmm. I have to put my mountain bike on the car and drive to the trailhead. Mm-hmm. From my house, and then go ride, and I and I absolutely love to do it. And when I first when I first started riding mountain bikes, it was so that I could access fly fishing along. Right. Right. Yeah. But like all of a sudden, there was these bicycles, and I could ride a fire road next to a trail. Because if you're fly fishing in these mountain streams, and there's somebody fishing in front of you, yep. 20 minutes in front of you, they're scaring all the fish. And, you know, because everybody starts at the bottom and works their way upstream. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just get on my mountain bike. I'll ride past everybody. <laughs> so and pretty soon I started loving it so much I left the, the fishing rod home and just started riding the mountain bike That's great. right so that was kind of my entree into cycling so but but the thing is I can get I can leave my front door on my road bike and go ride whatever I want to ride and be back in it takes me half an hour to get to Carbon's Cove from my house. Yeah. So that's an hour of driving up and back plus the ride. So that's two hours minimum to make it worth it. So I do, I do, I do tend to get on my road bike and I like my road bike. I've got a nice, I've got a, I'm, I've got a Pinarello road bike, which is, it's a pretty sweet ride. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, and I love, you know, I love it. I yeah. do love it. Yeah. Well, I will forgive you of that this time. Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but I also I worry about distracted drivers. Oh man. I've yeah. got I wear bright colors and I've got a flashing light on the back and a flashing light on the front and stuff I never used to worry about. And even then there's just some belligerent belligerent drivers that that make me nuts. But right. But you know, so I'll I'll ride. I'll, uh, and there's some beautiful roads around here, especially if you Absolutely. get outside of the immediate Roanoke area and you get down into Franklin County. Sure. Some of the areas around Ferrum College down oh, there, yeah. beautiful. And you know, you'll see one or two cars on a ride. It's not bad, and the you know the roads are are chip seal, but they're good. Yep. And and then you know, I'm just kind of getting into gravel biking. I've got a gravel bike, and uh, and I like to ride it. So now now I'll, look, I'm gonna be honest gravel biking there's some gravel bikes now i'm a flat bar guy uh-huh flat like so that for for those of you maybe not understanding what i'm saying like flat bar is like a mountain bike handlebar uh drop bars are the ones that we i call them noodle bars they're like they look like a noodle draping down and um and you can get to the the drops or whatever so right like I on like, a road bike like on a road bike yeah right. I, I like flat bars and now there's a lot of gravel bikes that are coming with flat bars, and it's made me interested in giving it maybe a try. Um, my, I think from so long just being comfortable with that flat bar, I'm just not, I don't like the idea of the road brakes and shifting. I mean, it's fine, and I understand why it is there and what its purpose is. But I love a flat bar, and I, that's where I'm comfortable. That's my my zone of my comfort zone. So I, I would be interested in trying some gravel. 
Okay. All right. So I, I, I'll give. I think I'm saying I'm gravel curious. Is what I'm saying. Gravel curious. I like that. <laughs> I like that. A new term. Well, here's here's the thing. Is is I, I used to get on a bike and all I wanted to do was see how fast I could go yeah. on whatever thing I was doing, even right. at the beach. Yep. It's you know if I didn't try to average twenty miles an hour because it was you know out here in the mountains I can't do that. Yep. Right. Because it's there's too much climbing. Right. Right. So I'd get to the beach and be flat and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this twenty mile ride and I'm going to average twenty miles an hour. And if I don't at least attempt to do that, which was that was fast for me mm-hmm. back in the day. I, it wasn't any fun. I, I, but now I have gotten. I've gone through some illness late in life, and I'm I'm fine now. But I, you know, there was a time when I was, I couldn't even finish a bike ride. I couldn't mow the lawn. I yeah. was taking chemo, and there's a bunch of stuff. I don't want to get into that. Now I've come out the other side, and I can appreciate bike ride. I actually, I'm actually the guy I used to make fun of, right? <laughs> I can look at the flowers. Yep. I can listen to the birds. I can enjoy being there. And now with the issues with cars and cell phones and distracted driving, gravel is starting to replace what used to be my old road ride. Right. And the bikes are made for it. Mm -hmm. And so you can go out and see some beautiful scenery and you just appreciate what you're doing without the adrenaline side. Yeah. And And, and so that's... And, but and now I will tell you, I agree with you because braking on my gravel bike scary. It's scary, and, <laughs> and I've taken it. I've said, oh, I'm going to ride this gravel bike where I ride my mountain bike and just see what it's like. Right. It's no fun. Yeah. Because, yeah. Mostly because of the braking. I don't like reaching up on the hoods and having to brake, and right. I don't want to be in the drops when I'm just kind of riding around. Yeah. And I know there are definitely people out there. I know people who will ride their gravel bike, and they will ride it on mountain bike trails, and absolutely. They're, they're, but they're, they're shredding it. And if they're that is their comfort zone, that's great. But yeah, I agree with you. I, it makes me nervous having my hands that far in. Just having ridden flat bars for so long, I'm used to that wide stance, and that's where, what I need. So I, yeah, I'm with you on it. So I'm I'm interested. There's there's a number of bikes out there. Like Surly makes some great steel ones. Um, Specialized has one called the Diverge Evo that is a flat bar gravel bike. It yeah. has a dropper post, and I am dropper post everything. I, if I had a road bike, it'd be a dropper post on it. So, kind of that that segment of gravel really interests me. It, it's it looks kind of like a a current road bike and a mountain bike from the the like early '90s. Right, I had a baby, and yeah. and they look cool and they look fun. And but they're light. They've got the big light, wheels. Right. They're one by. You don't have to deal with two by drivetrains. Uh, they're like running a mountain bike uh, drivetrain, which is great. It's a little bit burlier and a little bit more robust. Um, good wheels and tires. So I'm I'm kind of interested in that side of things. I, I'm going to see if I can finagle one of those uh, at some point so I can begin to experiment. Well, you know, you're, we're here at the bike shop. They need to just let us go for a ride on it and then talk about it. Right. We, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so so that's it. There, there's some, and this is just the very tip of the iceberg as far as trails that we're going to talk about. And uh, right. we're going to well, get into a bunch of And Let me give you my favorite trail. So we've talked about Carvin's Cove. Right. Carvin's Cove is a network of trails yep. uh, around this. The cove itself is a reservoir. And there's this whole network of trails around it. And, and it is one of the reasons why we can claim to be America's East Coast mountain biking capital. So, so and there's, there are mountains all around the cove, mm-hmm. but there so there's there's like you mentioned a trail called Buck, which Buck. sort of switchbacks up yep. the mountain. Yep. And but then there's a whole network of trails called the Lowers 
for people like me who don't have to be either climbing or descending to have fun. And so my favorite ride is you park at the Bennett Springs parking lot, mm-hmm. which will mean something if you're listening to the podcast and you're trying to find this place of so Bennett Springs. You have to ride the road for a little bit, uh, like, a, like a mile, mm-hmm. and then you enter the park at a gate, which is open, and or you go beside the gate, and then you just basically ride on some fire road, and then there's some single track that kind of loops out, and it's, there's nothing super technical on it, but it's really pretty, and it's called Schoolhouse, and I know like when you teach beginners, that's where you take them. <laughs> So I'm like, I love, oh, I love okay. to teach beginners on uh-huh. that trail. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is my favorite trail. Yeah. But yeah. but I'm gonna put a Strava link to Schoolhouse. Cool. And if I if I have you know an hour to ride, I'll go out and I'll, yeah. I'll maybe add on a couple of other little single track loops that, that come back in mm-hmm. to Schoolhouse. But you can check out my Strava link. And but that's what I like to ride. And yeah. I'm I'm riding a Santa Cruz Tall Boy. Yep. Uh, with uh, some upgrades on it, so I've switched to a one-by. Perfect. And uh, my sons, for my 60th birthday, gave me some custom i9 wheels. Ooh, all right. So I've got you some... Got so buzz back so there. I've kind of pimped out this tall boy as far That's as it'll cool. go. Yeah. And, and I don't know how, how long you think that technology is going to last me before I'm going to want what's better now. So um, I'd say the cool thing about the time we live in with in the bike industry is that you can anywhere you swing a bat you're going to hit a, a really well designed like 29er mountain bike it's right. uh if you're buying from a big manufacturer so like santa cruz or yeti or pivot or specialized or whoever it is they're making at least one really good mountain bike and um so i think that's good um this technology like that's geometry wise so right. the numbers that make up the frame um, I think we're going to see some other things change. So, like, um, the standards for drivetrains are going to be different. We're already seeing electric drivetrains in the form of DI2 or mm-hmm. Axis with SRAM. Mm-hmm. And those are going to only grow and be more widely available to the public. And they're not just going to be for the ultra-fancy you know, S-Works level bike. It's going to also be for general public, which is cool. Wireless is is. I love working on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it. Really, it makes life easier. Yeah. Well, um, I've got, I've got, yeah. So I've got. You got wireless. I've got on my road bike. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably have DI yeah, too. I do. It'd right. Be, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're gonna see some other like wheels standards are probably gonna stay the same. So your anons are probably safe for now. Headsets for the most part aren't gonna change dramatically, but we're gonna see the technology go into things like I said, drivetrains. We'll see suspension, and I think we'll see brakes are going to change. And we're going to see that's going to be the biggest uh, differences in the future. Like, so what's what's next after disc brakes? Uh, I think how disc brakes work. I, so there's electric drivetrains. I don't think it's going to be crazy in five years we're going to see somebody come out with an electric brake where you don't have cables. That'd be I, sweet. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I think that eventually somebody's going to try it and somebody's going to do it okay. So I guarantee you SRAM or Shimano have, have been monkeying with this stuff already. Like they have big R&D labs where they- You, have, you haven't seen it though. No, no, I haven't seen it, but that that's the direction Drivetrain is moving. So they, they started with XX1, SRAM did the, their access Stuff. And it's super expensive, $800 or whatever, you know, or more. And they just released um, a year before uh, Axis GX, 
which is their kind of middle of the road. It's only logical that that trickle down effect is going to continue with their suspension or with their um, with their draft trains. And somebody, they're, somebody's going to do something clever with brakes, and I don't know what the exact thing is, but I know that's an area that has been kind of staying the same for a long time, and companies are going to want something new to put out so that they continue to... So people buy new so bikes. So people buy new bikes or buy right. new products or, right. you know, like that's the goal, right? They're right. trying to put out new and exciting and different stuff. Maybe it's lighter or whatever. And um, and I think suspension, uh, so SRAM came out with something called Flight Attendant and it's electronically controlled and it takes the guesswork out of setting your bike up in some, in some ways. Uh, now there's always going to be a need for a uh, an expert to be able to help you with that and explain to you what it is and why it works and how right, it works. Right. But um, they're trying to bring that tunability to the public, and I think it's cool. So, yeah, electronic drivetrains even. Uh, sorry, uh, electronic suspension even. You'll see that. Interesting. So, so you yeah. think so? We're, we're here in 2022. You think we'll see that in 2027? Maybe, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff I have no idea. I'm kind of just guessing at this point. But, you know, being in the industry, these are things that people have talked about and we've seen. Who knows? There's a lot of, there's a lot of technology out there that they're not sharing with us yet. And I think it's going to be exciting to see what they come up with. Like, they figured out a good bike, good frame, good geometry. Now they're going to start, you know, spending more time on components. Right. You know, well, back in the day when we had only had rim brakes, I never thought brakes were an issue. They worked, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and, I, and then when disc brakes started coming along, I thought, well, you know, that's cool, but I think they're just trying to sell me a bike. Right. I don't, you know, my brakes work fine. Yeah. And now I can't live would without you, my would disc you ride, brakes. Yeah, would you ride a rim, like on your tall boy, let's say we could make it a rim brake bike, would you want to go back? No, I'd be in the bike shop the next day. Yeah, I, right. I, I need, I need, I need a newer, better bike. Right, right. And yet, yeah. I was riding North Mountain with rim brakes. Yeah. and old technology, like a, like a crazy person, and loving it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and loving it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's always, and, and no matter how much I love my bikes, I always want another bike. N plus one. N plus one, right? Yeah. Where N is so, the number of bikes you have, and plus one is what you want. What you need. N plus one. What you need. What you need. Exactly. <laughs> I try to convince my wife of oh, that. Man. And she's a cyclist. Yeah. <laughs> she still yeah. doesn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. She just got a new bike. <laughs> she did. She got a so Did you build that bike? I, d- I didn't build it. I did help uh, answer questions for your sons when they were. Yeah, they gave they it to her for, for Christmas. Christmas, yeah. right? So. Do you remember all the specs on that bike? Because I don't. Um, that's a Rocky Mountain. Is it a twenty nine er? It's a twenty nine er. Yeah, it's yeah, an instinct. Yeah. I think. I think it is. Um, yeah, Rocky Mountain Instinct. It's a beautiful bike. Great shade of teal. I believe. Teal. Yeah. It's a. Yeah. It's a cool. It's a cool looking bike, um, for yeah. sure. So it's uh, Instinct's their twenty nine er kind of trail bike. Yeah. I believe it's probably like one one forty one thirty travel. It is. Like that. It is. Yeah. Um, so, very cool bike. Uh, Rocky is a. A, a neat, a neat company, and they have some really cool products. So. Right. Well, we've gotten her out on that bike a few times. Although we had a terrible winter for mountain bikes, it was either too cold or too wet. January, or, there's snow on the ground for yeah, the entire month, which right. is unusual and, for this area. And see, she likes to ride her road bike. Uh-huh. So I was hoping during the winter, last winter, we were able to get out quite a lot. And now I thought, oh, now we've got her on a new mountain bike. This is this is going to be so cool. And she's enjoyed it when we've gone, but uh, again. I, mm, it's hard to get her out there, and now we're starting to get into warm weather, and she's going to want to be on her gravel bike or her road bike. So, but that new bike just sits in the garage, and I'm like, "Come you on, got, let's, yeah, let's go we'll, ride it. Let's we'll, go ride we'll it." Figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there. And one thing about Renick, 
in where we live is that there are no shortage of really excellent rides that shops and people put on. So if you're curious, if you're listening, you're going to visit, you know, get in contact with us or check out Virginia's Blue Ridge website or um, Roanoke Outside's website. And a lot of those rides are going to be available to you. I would say 99% of those things are free. And uh, the community here is great, and they want you to ride. And so we want her to ride, too. Yeah, so we do. she should come we do. ride. She should. Yeah. She should. And she's, you know, she's a good cyclist. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, uh, she's old like me. But uh, but she you know but you know she comes to a rock garden she just doesn't believe the wheels will roll over those rocks right because until you've done it a few times and you're convinced yeah. that the rock is not going to stop the wheel if you just pedal through that's it well I mean that's and that's a point I'm very passionate about because if she believes that's going to stop you know she's going to want to get off she's not going to be stable on that bike and one of the things I love to do is teach what I call the foundations of riding. I, I love doing that, and I love giving somebody that freedom to get out on the bike and feel confident when they're riding out at the cove by themselves, maybe, or with a friend, and not feeling like they're worried about crashing or coming up on an obstacle. So, um, heck, we should go ride. I would love to give her kind of like a one of those foundation classes and see if we can, you know, keep that bike muddy uh, in the garage instead of looking clean, right? Yeah, it looks. It still looks it's brand probably new. Pristine. Although, although, well, I mean, I did wash it, you know. Yeah. After, after she wrote it, I, you know, I washed it. I want you to tell us an insider tip from the mechanics side okay. that the rest of us don't know. I brought, I brought a prop. You brought a prop? Yeah. Right, you're holding the screwdriver, but, but you're going you're gonna to tell me about a screwdriver? I'm going to tell you about a screwdriver. So, um, and re- quickly, what I want this segment to be is uh, a place where I can I can tell you about the professional tools that I use on a daily basis um, that I can you know if you have questions about how to repair your own bike if you're if you're interested on how suspension works I want to be able to offer this to, to people and, and I'm gonna start off with something really simple and uh, for our first episode and I'm gonna talk about a screwdriver that everybody should have and there's a reason why, and it's gonna—it's pretty cool. But that looks like a regular old Phillips head screwdriver. It does, but you are completely wrong, John. I'm wrong? <laughs> How can I be so, wrong? I mean, I've, I've been looking at these my whole life. Uh, yeah, so what we're looking at, this is called a JIS screwdriver. And what that stands for is Japanese Industry Standard. And so there is a there is a Phillips head and there's a Japanese industry standard. And the reason the Japanese industry standard is better is because of how this is designed. And you can't see it with your naked eye. And it's it's tough to sit here. You can actually okay. check it out. I'm looking it's at hard it. it's hard to see, but a Phillips head is designed to do what we call camming out. And so that is so you don't over torque a a bolt that is designed to go with that specific type of um, of, of bit. Right. A, a JIS is not designed to cam out in the same way. So you can put more force on and it, it fits tighter than a Phillips head. Um, it's easily noticed when you're using it, but uh, a JIS screwdriver is going to work better in both JIS and Phillips head screws. Um, a Phillips 
is going to probably round out whatever you're using it on. And I know everybody out there has probably tried to tighten something with a regular Phillips head, and you have felt the slip, and you've yeah. looked at it, and you're like, I'm not getting that out. Or you think it doesn't, you chose, chose the wrong you've size. You chose the wrong size, yeah, because Phillips has a number one, number two, number three. Right. And what it is is because Phillips has kind of an inner radius to that, that kind of cross shape if you look okay. like right down. Okay. And right. JIS has a finer point, like more of a, a ninety degree corner instead of a instead of a rounded corner. And that allows the it allows you to get more torque on it and tighten it down more. So on bikes, uh, on modern bikes specifically, you're gonna notice like Shimano drivetrains, they are from Japan, if you didn't know. Yes. <laughs> They're manufactured yes. and designed in Japan. Um, and they use JIS screws for their products, and most other brands do as well. So that is why uh, most professional bike mechanics are going to have a JIS screwdriver. Park Tool makes a great one. That's the one I'm showing. That's, that's right what I'm now. holding right now. It's, re- it's really um, heavy and nice. It is heavy. Yeah, it's very yeah. well made. Um, yeah. Wera is another brand that makes a fantastic JIS screwdriver. And uh, Shimano specifically has a company called Vessel, and they make a JIS, and they are they're all great. So I recommend if you're going to be you know messing with the limits on your Shimano derailleur, if you're going to be uh, turning anything, pick one up. They're not crazy expensive. Um, Wait, what does this cost that I'm holding in my hand right um, now? That one's probably a little bit more expensive. I would say that's probably like around a $30 screwdriver if you're like looking at retail. Uh-huh. Um, so anywhere from like 12 I think a, a Vessel screwdriver, that's what I have in my own professional kit that uh-huh. I keep at home. I think it's probably 12 15 bucks, something like that. Okay. And you won't ruin bolts, or ruin screws rather, uh, with, uh, with that. So uh, check it out. Maybe we can get a link to uh, one of those. I'll see if I can pull up a, a link to that. Um, okay. You can come by the shop and talk to me about it, and I'll be glad to show you the differences. I'm very passionate about my JIS screwdriver. I didn't even know there was such a thing <laughs> as a JIS screwdriver. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, th- so that's that's it today. But um, I'm hoping that you know if if people have questions, um, get a hold of us, and uh, we'll be ha- I'll be happy to answer it. You know, in my through my professional experience, I've seen yeah. a lot of weird stuff. Well, people must have all kinds of questions about. Uh, yeah. There used to be a thing in in mountain bike bags. Ask Uncle Nobby. Yeah. Do you remember that years <laughs> Ask ago? Ask Uncle Nobby. Yeah. yeah. And people yeah, yeah. people would write in, and he would answer questions. Um, but yeah, so any question that anybody has about yeah. fixing a bike, we will uh, attempt to answer it. Do our very best. And when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> and if it's something I don't know the answer to right off, I will do my very best to find that answer and come back to you. So I don't know everything, um, contrary to what my what, what I believe about myself. I always think I know everything, but I don't, and I, I'm constantly learning. And that's the cool thing about bikes. There's right. always something different. So they're so simple, and yet they're so complicated. So you got that right. You know, absolutely. Our topic of the week, clipless versus flat pedals. You're a downhiller. Mm-hmm. Everybody I see on downhill bikes rides flat pedals. Do you ride flat pedals? You're, you're looking at some of the wrong downhill. No, uh, I don't really ride flats, no. Um, really? Everybody says flat pedals win medals, but I don't think that's true. Uh, and I'm a big clipless fan. I rode flats for a long time. And I have a lot of scars on my shin to prove it. If you, if anybody wants my credentials, you can just look at my shins. I wear shorts just about every day. Um, but clipless pedals, by far, are what I like. 
if I have a choice, it's always gonna be clipless. I'm a weird weirdo in the bike industry and I like time pedals. And there's gonna be people screaming at their iPhone or whatever they're listening on right now, talking about why time pedals are wrong. But I love them. I love time pedals, and I got the. I have a pair that are probably ten plus years old, and they still work, and they're fantastic. And I love the float. I love the reason. Uh, one of the reasons I love um, clipless is because uh, I don't feel like my feet are getting bucked off the pedals when I'm going through rocky stuff. If I'm racing or riding downhill, I don't lose my pet there in the same place as always. And you know, coming from that that uh, instructor side, that gives me a little bit of comfort, and that makes me confident because I know when I put when I pump into a corner or whatever, my feet are going to be where they need to be. And flat pedals. I can't, I, I keep, I'll lose it and I'll think about why my foot's crooked and I, it drives me crazy and then I got to stop and See, I can't okay. take it. All right, so uh, I want to come back to that for a second, but of course you're an instructor so you are really nimble on your bike. Your, your position on the bike is always where it's supposed to be um, and mine is wherever I think it needs to be. So uh, I rode SPDs forever, then I was looking around and everybody was going to flat pedals, so I put flat pedals on the tall boy uh-huh. about the middle of last season. Okay. And I've been trying to get used to it. Yep. But the thing is, for me, is not being good at like things like riding over a log or whatever, I couldn't get clipped out fast enough to put my foot down. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, all right, everybody said you can get just as much power out of these clipless, uh, you know, flat pedals. Yep. So I'm going to ride flats and just see if I can't get used to it. And yeah. I will tell you, I don't think I'm used to it yet yeah. after maybe 10 rides, yeah. but at least I can put my foot down. So I will concede point that um, coming at it once again from an instructor's point of view, you will develop better bike handling skills if you use flats. And for everybody that I end up starting with, I usually tell them, show up with flats. Okay, because you can put your foot down. You can put your foot down. Also, it helps you in a lot of other areas. If you can ride a bike with flats, you're going to be able to ride with clips better. Um, I think I will go out on a limb and say that is a, that is a fact that I believe. Um, so it is a very personal preference, though, flats and clips. And it, it will be – it has been debated – at the beginning of mountain bike or of bicycling time, and it will be still debated at the end of bicycling time. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, for my money, clips are still better. You're wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I, I, well, I mean, so I'm not. I'm not an advocate for flats yet. I'm okay. Not. Okay. But you know, I see these guys that, that ride, you know, like Red Bull Rampage. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're flipping their bike around, and they're able to. They're doing tricks. And they're stuff doing too, tricks, yeah. and they can put their feet right back on those flat pedals yeah. after they've been upside down. I can barely shift my feet on my flat pedals yeah. without, you know, messing myself up. Yeah. You know, so that's. Yeah, but but I will say you're going to do yourself a favor riding with those. When you start learning how to do, if you can do a wheel lift, so front wheel lift or rear wheel lift, having flats is going to help you develop that skill easier. Because when you're when you're riding clips, you can just pull up on the back of the bike with your yeah, just you cheat, yeah, you cheat, yeah, you do, you absolutely do. But um, but I can't I can't give them up. They're so good. Okay. I can't give up cl- uh, clips. Okay. And, uh, you can, if anybody wants to comment and tell us why I'm wrong, please tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. And please and please tell me if I should continue with my experiment or if I should no, just pull I the SPDs out of the drawer and go back. Continue with the, your experiment and update us in six months 
and tell us what you're riding now. Okay, well, will you take me out and show me how to do the front wheel lift and the back wheel lift totally. with my flats? Yes. And I, you know, that. I might be able to do that, but if I fail, I want to be able to put my foot down. You can totally do it. We'll, we'll, we can make that happen. We'll, we'll, record, we'll record. We'll see. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't seen me ride my bike. <laughs> Give me your best crash. All right. Um, One crash. This is my, my most, my best crash, um, which is also the one that cost the most money, was uh, I was in Ray's Mountain Bike Park in Cleveland, Ohio. If okay. you haven't gone, it's incredible. You okay. should go. And I was with one of my best buddies, who happens to be the surf director here at Cardinal, uh, Chris. And uh, we had just got there, and we had decided, um, we rode for a couple hours and decided, hey, we're going to, let's grab something to eat, let's get a pizza or something. And there's a line you take, and there's some drops. So uh, drop being riding, you're riding on a horizontal surface, and then you come off of that, and you kind of drop you know, two to three feet onto a little ramp, and then you ride off. So you're free-falling for a second. And, and then that takes you to the exit, and you can go to where all the booths and stuff are. And so I had done this particular drop a hundred times. I was very well acquainted with it, and for this time, for whatever reason, I don't honestly remember exactly what happened. My hands didn't end up back on the bars when when my tires touched the ground, and I went over the bars and I smashed my face in the ground, and I I knocked both of my front teeth. They didn't come out, but they got folded folded back, and I initially Whoa. thought I lost them. I initially thought they were gone, and so I, I blood is coming out of my nose and my mouth, and I tell Chris I just knocked my teeth out. And another guy that was with us, Skip, um, he, Chris goes, I'm going to take care of Dan. Skip, you find his teeth. They're on the ground somewhere. So Skip starts looking for my teeth. I go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I realize my teeth are still in my head. Oh. And, I, and I push them back into place, which was a terrible, what? terrible experience um, that I don't recommend anybody doing. But they, but they stayed in. Like they, I have the root screw back. It's good. Did you have to go to the dentist? I did. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, Chris drove me to an emergency dentist yeah. in Ohio, and he fixed me up um, after hours. And it even, it was like right before Christmas, and he even like, he was like, he did it for like $150. Oh. He, he didn't even like charge my insurance or anything. He was just like this fantastic guy. I wish I remembered his name. I sent him a Christmas card because I, I wanted to thank him. But anyway, I, I go in, and, and I'm almost passing out because I'm, like I push my teeth in, I get ready to pass out, and I remember my friend Skip comes in. And he he he's like holding his hands out, and he's like, "Is this a piece of his tooth? I, maybe this? I couldn't find his teeth. It was great. He was out there for like 20, 20 minutes, looking for your teeth, people with stopping people looking for my teeth, and they were still in my head. And um, it was a terrible but very um, memorable experience. <laughs> so let me ask. Now here's the big question: yeah. How was the bike? Oh, it's totally fine. Uh, it, I broke the fall, and I, the bike landed on me after my face hit the concrete. You were wearing so just a regular helmet. I was wearing, yeah, I was wearing just like a a classic kind of dirt jump uh, dome, right? You know, kind of lip. not a full face. Not a full face. Um, Chris made me put a full face on the next day. <laughs> no kidding. So, you rolled the next day. Yeah, we were there for three days. And uh, I, so I loaded up on painkillers, and I rode the next day. I couldn't. I was eating like I was getting like milkshakes for lunch and dinner, but uh, but I, I was determined to make the best out of it. Um, my face was all swollen up and, and stuff, but you know when you're at Ray's, you got to ride. Right on. So I wore a, a full face the rest of the trip. Got it. 
next time I'll tell you one of my crash stories. All right. That sounds great. But that's I don't know if I can match that. Uh, that was the worst one. I've had a lot of good crashes. I like to think that I'm a very good crasher. and I, I can walk away from a lot. That one was hard to walk away from. <laughs> All right, John, now let's have some news and notes. Okay, putting on my news anchor voice here. <laughs> First of all, the cool thing about Virginia's Blue Ridge, the most recent announcement, is, is that we have a group of women cyclists here called Team 2024. How cool is that? Yeah, very cool. Uh, big, big proponent of women cycling. I have the little girls and... I'm, I'm pumped to let them see these girls. Right, and but but so these are potential. They have made Virginia's Blue Ridge their home training camp for the next three years. It was just announced a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and we can't call them the Olympic team, right? Because that's not true. But Nicola is the coach, right? And these women are our potential next. United States representatives on the Olympic team. That's what they're training for. Right. That's what the history of success is with this group of people. Yeah, they have a lot. Of, they have big goals, big aspirations, and it's exciting to see them here in the valley training. Yeah, like, super exciting. Yeah. So, so we we te- and and it was just announced this week, and I'm not sure when this when this podcast will go public, but as of this week. Uh, they have announced that they're bringing the, the whole team in from all over different parts of the country, and they're going to start their training here yep. for the 2022 season yep. in Virginia's Blue Ridge, and yep. this this will be their home base. Yep. So so that is really cool. The other, you know, we've got some other major events that I, I just I want to mention these because we're trying to tell you if you haven't heard of Roanoke about the cycling resume for Virginia's Blue Ridge. So we have uh, Ironman half a uh, half Ironman triathlon, the Carillion event sponsored by our local medical center. That's coming up on June 5th, yep. which includes a swim in Carvin's Cove, right? Yep. And, and then a really difficult road bike ride. A very difficult road bike ride, yeah. And have you done it? You haven't done it because no, it's a, it's a have, road ride. I, I know the ride. I've done it. And I've seen, I, I have had a lot of feedback on that climb out of, is it 40... Three. 43. Out of out of the town of Buchanan. Yes. And you climb up to the Blue Ridge Parkway. And I know the I know the route. It's yeah. gnarly. You've driven it. You've <laughs> yes. driven it. Yeah, it's I've all switchbacks. It. Yep. It's crazy it's steep. Crazy. Right? And then when you get to the parkway, you think it's over and it's, it's not. It's definitely not. You climb for at least another mile. And yeah, you come back towards Roto. Yeah, I yeah. did it. I did it last year just to see what it was like. Yep. So, uh, and then after that, you get to run a, uh, a nice, relatively flat 13.1 miles yep. on our greenways, which... Which are uh, you know very relatively flat. So yeah, great. So anyway, and then we've got the Blue Ridge Grand Fondo, which mm-hmm. is a uh, local event uh, that's in Botetourt County. That's coming up on October 9th this year, and then the Virginia's Blue Ridge Creature from Carvin's Cove is yeah. a race out of Carvin's Cove. Creature has a bunch of segments too. There's a uh, XC, double XC, and an enduro. And the enduro is awesome. Okay, so have you done any of those events? Or? I haven't. No, honestly, a lot of um, it's in this industry. You work a lot of weekends, and yeah. I have worked a lot of weekends. Especially, I've wanted to do creature, and I'm I'm hoping I get to do it eventually. But um, I've I've been working typically. But right. I love to get people's bikes set up for that stuff. So I do a lot of wrenching right before that usually. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but that is a, that is a, a race whose reputation is growing, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the promoter Kyle is a great guy, him and his yeah. son uh, Cole. 
and it's uh, it's it's a cool event, and um, and they put a lot of work into it. So, so we'll we'll talk more about that. But if people are just looking at their calendar, and I'm just I'm just kind of skimming the top right mm-hmm. here. So, do you ever um, do you ever go for a, a beer after at a, at a local brew pub after a ride? Um, not too often, honestly. I, I have a very I have a two little girls. I have a finite amount of time, so it just depends. I I love to hang out in the parking lot and chat usually afterwards. So if there's anything like that, it's usually in the parking lot. I'm a parking lot kind of guy. Okay, I like to go to Parkway. Parkway, yeah. You leave Carvin's Cove. Parkway's on the way home. Absolutely. And after riding, I'm good. I'm good for one craft beer. Mm-hmm. And then after you gotta that, watch Parkway too. They, mm-hmm. they they bump up the percentage on some of those things. Oh, is that true? Uh, you got you should. I mean, you got to read the label, but yeah, they're pretty high. Some okay. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's high octane for sure. So, but yeah. I, you know, I'm good for one. I'm yeah. good for one. Yeah. And that's it. But uh, so Parkway Brewing, I always like to hit that. Yeah. Great. Great spot right in Salem, right near the cove. Yep. For sure. All right, so listen, we've been talking for a long time. I feel like people know who we are now. I hope so. I hope they feel like we're friends, old friends. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And and you're going to give bike tips, and we're looking for people to uh, to ask some questions. Absolutely. So where can they email us? So um, shoot me an email at the rideruppod at gmail.com. We'll go with that. I assume it's not taken. So rideruppod at gmail.com. And ask me questions. And I will get back to you with answers. Every week I'm going to work on something, a tip, a trick, or a, a question, and see if we can expand everybody's bike knowledge because it's, uh, it's cool. And we're going to have some guests on this podcast, too. I mean, there's a lot of people out yeah. there that, that you know in the industry uh, and that I know locally from the, some of these different rides that we want to talk to and 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 tell people what's going on. Yeah, I hope that we're able to pull in. I know a lot of, I've, I've been very fortunate to meet a lot of people within the industry that have uh, cool jobs at places like Cane Creek or Specialized or um, some small manufacturers. I hope to pull them in. We also are excited to talk to our local heroes that live right here in Virginia's Blue Ridge and be able to kind of uh, pick their brains on why this area is so great. Um, we have a lot of topics we're going to bring up and just generally dive into the deep end of the, the bike culture, uh, both here and, and around the country. So it's going to be cool. If you have somebody that you are really excited to talk to, tell us that too. We'll see right. if we can pull them in. All right. In the meantime, we hope to see you here riding your bike in Virginia's Blue Ridge. Real quick before you go, a couple of notes. Thanks for listening to the Rider Up podcast presented by Virginia's Blue Ridge, America's East Coast mountain biking capital. If you want to know more about riding your bike in Virginia's Blue Ridge, check out bikevbr.com, bikevbr.com. All the many accolades the region has received from many of the bike orgs that you know will be listed there, and and you can learn a little bit more and and see the uh, legitimacy of everything Dan and I have been talking about. Virginia's Blue Ridge is an IMBA-designated silver-level ride center, That's very rare in the United States, especially the eastern United States. The League of American Bicyclists designates VBR as a bronze-level bicycle-friendly business, and we're working on moving up the ladder there, but even getting that is, is a big deal. And as you heard Dan and I say, it's also home to Team 2024, the top women's team in the United States. This is their base of operations where top women athletes are Olympic hopefuls, 
and many have made it from that team in the past, not only making the Olympics, but winning medals. And this is where they have chosen to live and train. And so really, we just want to let you know, the fact is this region is a fantastic cycling destination for mountain bikes, road bikes, and gravel bikes. Lots of rural roads with low traffic for if you want to ride on the road. The mountain biking is just amazing. And there are links to everything that we talked about in this podcast, as well as a link to an awesome YouTube video that really, I think it shows in about the highest quality that I have seen this side of Hollywood, all the many places to ride, the exciting places to ride, and gives you a real good feel for what you'll be looking at if and when you land here in Virginia's Blue Ridge with your bicycle. For Dan Lucas, I'm John Carlin. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you out there in Virginia's Blue Ridge.